0: I'm just putting the two words together. I didn't come up with the words, but I'm putting them together because I think it's amazing and I love watching people that have a great volunteer ethic, willing to set themselves aside, willing to go without a meal, willing to stay there longer, get up earlier, go there on days. I have people that take time off work to do ministry here. We have people that take vacation days and do ministry here for VBS. They'll take the week off. I love watching God use people like that. So, our second main point, you've heard the form of a servant. Our second main point is they are truly willing, truly willing. And this passage from Mark 14, verse 36, from the New King James Version puts it this way. And he said, Abba, which means like you and I would say, Daddy, Father, all things are possible. For you, we sang that song first up today, all things are possible. And then we turned around and sang nothing is impossible. Or I just reversed them, but those were the two songs. Nothing is impossible, and then we went to all things are possible. And you you heard Pastor Amy get tongue-tied trying to say it during the day today because we were singing both both songs. All things are possible and nothing is impossible. And you hear Jesus saying All things are possible for you, Lord. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, there's the title. Not what I will, but what you will. Not what I will, but what you will. Truly willing. This God-man suffers as fully human Jesus was fully God, but you hear in this passage, he's fully human. It's plain to see that in the garden, Jesus was fully drained and emotionally distraught. He was spent. He he, he recognized what he's facing in this moment. He recognized the pain that he's going to endure, and he asked God, his heavenly Father, Daddy, if there's any way... Could you take this away from me? He comes to the conclusion, and you've you've heard the story. You know the story. His sweat was as great drops of blood. Whether it was real drops or as drops, appeared like drops of blood, whatever the case is, it's pouring out of him, the anguish knowing he was going to face this bitter cup, this pain, this physical struggle. And he ultimately comes to the conclusion, nevertheless, he says, nevertheless, not what I would like, not what would make me feel good. He could have called 10,000 angels at any moment. They would have been at his disposal, at his beck and call. He could have got them. He could have got it to the reverse, but no, he said, no. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what this human body wills, not what this human would like to have happen, but what you desire to happen. Because in the end, God, it's worth it. And I wonder if you can imagine for a moment, those of you who are servants here, is it worth it spending that extra hour sweeping? Is it worth it? going down there and packing up bags for groceries, is it worth it when you are there and, and and whatever your part is, you're ushering, you're setting up tables, you're setting up chairs or you're taking down tables, you're taking down chairs and you're serving somewhere even in the design and the setup. You've helped. along. Is it worth it? I hope Hope when you see that person coming to that altar and we have 104 people praying and asking God to get things right in their lives. And yeah, many of them are recommitments. I understand that. But also, many of them will come back on some day at some time because they're not connected to the kingdom of God until that moment. Maybe they've been to an altar four times in their life. Maybe they've even been at our events 12 times but this time this time it was different we need to be able to say nevertheless now I want to take this moment because when you read that passage of scripture and you understand that Jesus had a word from God that I must Go down to earth, and I must suffer pain and violent struggle, if you will. And I want you to hear this, hear this preacher say this today. It's a rare word indeed that anyone may receive that would tell us we will suffer. It's a rare word. When you have a word that's given in a congregation like we heard these words today. And God was so good in bringing forth this word. And you note that the word encouraged, it strengthened, it built people up. And, and there, it's a rare occasion when you get a rare, these kind of words that, that are, are destructive in their, in their nature and output. You can thank God that both prophetic words and words of knowledge that are given in the congregation are for your encouragement and strengthening. How do I know this? Look at what the Word says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. He he comforts them, brings a word of comfort and strength to them. That's what happens, and that's the nature of when we get a word of knowledge or we get a, a prophetic word that comes forth in the congregation here. It's meant to build. You hear that? Strengthens Prophecy strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That's the nature. That's what the words are supposed to do. Now, yes, Paul the apostle got a word of warning, didn't he? Some of you that are bright biblical students, you know Paul got a warning, right? He was told, your hands will be tied. You'll be taken captive if you go to that city. He was warned that. Paul denied them of that. He said, okay, I understand that, but I have to go nonetheless. Paul, like Jesus, understood that his place in life was to go to where he would ultimately suffer. He knew that. He understood that. When you have a word that's given forth in the congregation here, it should come as a word of encouragement. It should strengthen people. It should bring them comfort. I say that at this moment because I want people to understand that that I've literally stood in this pulpit and had to call somebody down that brought forth a word that went something like this. When you enter the doors of this sanctuary, because God is so... uh, upset with you and your sin you will be struck dead because of your sin and yes when you don't have to be biblically bright to know that that's not a word from God because if God were to strike people that were sinners who come through the doors of this sanctuary How many think you're getting out of here without getting burned today? God doesn't do that in his word that he brings forth. No, that's that's meant to be a word of encouragement, to bring you strength, to lift you, to, to bring comfort to you. Now, on occasion, he does give us warning, similar to what he gave Paul in that case. Just literally last Sunday, God gave Pastor Amy a word, he, It was a warning. It was a warning that you don't have ages and ages. Today's the day you need to get things right with God. God has recognized that you have sin in your life, and and that sin is being destructive in your life, and he wants to turn that around. Now, that's a word of warning, but it brought a resolve or a result that helps the individual because you might recall we had, I think it was five people come forward to get things right with God. That's comforting. That strengthens. Because now those five can be assured of their home in heaven because they heeded the warning. There's a difference. Let me move on. Fully knowing the pain and agony ahead, Jesus still went on. Fully knowing the pain of the cross, he still went on. If everyone let me tell you what that says about God if everyone abandons you God will not If you find me to be unfaithful I can you can't reach me on my phone God's never gonna fail you God'll never let you down He'll go all the way Now I'm willing I'm willing to give myself and my life I've uh, yeah I don't want to go on about me but Because it's not about me. I want you to understand this principle. The best person you know, your closest friend, will not always be able to be there for you. God will be there for you. So what happens with Jesus? Humanity gives way to the divinity. Notice what he said. I'll repeat it for you. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus determines that even though this is painful, even though I'd rather not face this heartache, this anguish, this physical pain. Whatever it takes, I'm willing, Lord. Nevertheless, sometimes serving doesn't look pretty, does it? Sometimes you're in a church basement packing up some boxes. Doesn't look pretty. There's nobody there to cheer you on. Yay, go pack them boxes. Pack them boxes. And yet there's somebody who needs you packing the boxes. Some people some people aren't even don't even show a lot of gratitude. I can say that yesterday I know that we had some some people there, and, and they were truly great. Pastor Amy and I, when we came in, there was somebody coming into the meeting, and, um, and th- they recognized us, I think, and, 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 uh, and Pastor Amy gave them directions, "You said, know, you go around to that door. Oh, I know where to go. Oh, I, I, I'm so grateful for what you do. I'm so thankful. Thank you for being a blessing. You're such a huge blessing, this church is. I under I understand not everybody's that grateful, but it's so awesome when you get to be around people, get to serve them and help them like that. And I came up there, we got to the end, and we had like 30 bags, I think, something like that left. And uh, and and I was looking at some of our people, and I said, "No, get them to as many people before they leave." And I remember I ran over and grabbed two bags and brought them to somebody that I was talking to, and. We were helping out ultimately. We helped some folks out beyond the bags and such. Gave them some gas money. And uh, do you know we had somebody come? That's the people I gave gas money. I'll, I'll explain it this way. They came to us from State College, Pennsylvania yesterday. Because the guy was in our previous outreach just a month ago and heard about this one. And he said to his buddy, who they are now, they had to move in together temporarily till they could find something else because they were denied housing and they at least need some food and stuff to help them along their way. You did that yesterday. You did that. You were a part of that. You're connected to that. Whatever God does in their lives, for the rest of their lives, they will remember this church and how that we gave them food and help them with gas when they came to us in need. Whosever life is impacted by that, you're connected to that. You're connected, church. Thank you for being a part of serving the Lord right here. Sometimes serving doesn't look pretty and, because true serving is sacrificial in nature. It's just how it is. It's a giving up of stuff. It's not a gaining of stuff. It's not because you can get accolades or special treatment. You see, denying the wants of the flesh cost Jesus everything in every way. It cost Jesus in every way. He was stricken in his flesh and beaten so bad that people claim that he was almost unrecognizable as human, not just as Jesus. But almost, they, they got it right on the movie The Passion of Christ. Maybe you'll watch it during this season right now, because this is the season you will should be able to see it on television even. But uh, The Passion of the Christ, you, they got it right. How he was beat, how he looked, how he appeared in that moment, it makes, you, it, makes it hard to look at him. That's how it was, though. That's the reality, the harsh reality Jesus endured as a servant. It looked like that. He was willing to go all the way, all the way to death. So that's what being truly willing is all about. So I close it and conclude with nevertheless. Like Jesus, all of us will have to determine if we're willing to follow God's path even though it's excruciating. Ever had to do something that was excruciating? You ever had to endure something or go that it just excruciatingly painful? Sometimes excruciating pain. I was telling. Uh, uh, I just had a little procedure to remove a little spot off of my back, and and uh, it, the the doctor said to me, "Is this? Does this hurt?" And I, I was like. I don't even, I just can barely tell that you're touching my back. And I'd let you know anyway. And, and I was, when I was, um, I was 12 years old, when I, I stepped on a mayonnaise jar and the jar cracked and it, it cut that, you know, the tender part of your feet right in there, that little part right there, just went, sliced it right open and um so they they took me to the doctor and i I remember because I'm telling you now when I was twelve years old, I don't even know that there's anybody in here that was I was tiny I was just a little I was a little peanut of a guy, and uh, probably weighed when I was twelve, I probably weighed about eighty pounds, maybe I would have gone eighty pounds anyhow um th- it took four people to hold me down when they were putting the shots in that foot. Four of them. Because they had to put, you know, they're, they're like, they're going to do Novocaine because of the pain. I'm like, how many stitches are you going to put in there? You put five, put that Novocaine five shots, that's bad enough. So it took four of them to hold me down. And uh, I tell you all of that, it was excruciating. I'm t- It was excruciating. Don't ever, I don't know if they want to try acupuncture, not on that spot. That ain't working because all I felt was pain. When they were trying to give me Novocaine so I wouldn't have pain when they're sewing up my foot. But in the end, are you hearing me on this? That excruciating pain, my foot is healed. In a few weeks, I'm on my feet doing my own thing. Because I'm not in pain, I've been healed. I am well. The result of that excruciating pain was a healed foot in this case. Are you willing to follow through on God's path, serving God, no matter how painful it may be at times? Are the dynamics of where you are serving painful? Are you getting burnt out? because it feels like you're doing too much? Is it possible that what you're doing, you're doing of your own strength and not out of the call of God and the plan of God for you? Is there too much humanity getting in the way of the request of divinity? Too much humanity getting in the Way of the request of divinity of God. Surrendering to the will of God by serving men may be a test of your will. Maybe a test of your will. I'm going to say this in this service. I said it in the early service. I need to say it at this point. Y'all need to hear it from your preacher. Before you plan to go serve the Lord on foreign soil, make it your business to serve Him in your own backyard. if you have bright ideas about serving God in Honduras or Puerto Rico or Africa, some South American nation, why don't you start by serving the Lord right here? Why don't you start by giving some water out here, some groceries right here? Why don't you give, out a mo- give up a Monday night so you can help our pantry team? Or Why don't you choose to get up earlier on Sunday morning and come here and be a part of the Sunday school? Teach a Sunday school class. Why don't you choose to serve the Lord right here, right now? Because it doesn't magically... You don't magically get anointed because you go to a foreign country. You don't... It it just doesn't work like that because I, I surrender all as long as it's somewhere else. It doesn't work that way. God looks to you right here, right now. We have loads of opportunities for you to serve the Lord right here. But not to leave, leave on what might be consider, considered a negative, if I get it out of my mouth at least, I want to leave you with a positive because serving has benefits. There are some benefits. Some of you may be awestruck by the fact that this is in the Word of God. I want you to see this passage from Acts chapter, no, it's Matthew 19, 29. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return in their eternal life. Did anybody catch what I just said? Were you listening to what I said? Where do you receive that hundredfold blessing? Well, let's back up for a moment. Let's back up because you're in the first line. And everyone, say I'm in everyone. I'm in everyone. And everyone who has given up. So there's a willing servant, has given up. And notice on the third line, because it goes through houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, cleans up the basement of the church. For my sake, do you see that? For my sake, we'll receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. That's in the Word of God. I didn't make this stuff up. This isn't some convenient preacher talk. They didn't send me a booklet. Say, preacher, you need to say this to your congregation. No, this is the Word of God. And He tells you in His Word. He will give you a hundredfold blessing here and inherit eternal life. That's a good and, isn't it? That's a real good and. You're going to hear Minister Nick or my wife or my evangelist daughter Emily say these words and use this passage of Scripture because it includes giving up of your finances. But it's not just finances. Anyone or everyone who's given up any of those things listed or people listed for his sake will receive a hundred times in return, now, and inherit eternal life. Serving has benefits. The first benefit you'll receive, though, is the joy in your own heart. You get joy in your own heart from giving, don't you? Didn't it feel good, Rose Santana, yesterday when you were giving to those people? It felt good. She went above and beyond. And and there's, there's something that happens when you get the opportunity to give to somebody else. And you know it's a real need. You know it's a real need. And somebody truly appreciates it. So you get the benefit of joining your own heart. Look at Acts 20, verse 35. Puts it this way in the New Living Translation. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said that, and Paul's repeating it here in the book of Acts. More blessed to give than to receive. There's something that happens on a heart level when you give of ourselves or we give of ourselves for the greater good of someone else. Secondly, God rewards giving and serving is giving. God rewards giving and serving is giving. I added that part after the fact, not in your notes. God rewards giving and serving is is giving God especially rewards those who give up that which is common to most what I'm talking about is he named it in that verse when I read it and fathers mothers brothers sisters houses lands that which is common to others and most of us have a place to live in and we have possessions that we, we have, relationships with family and friends, but, but God rewards those who give up those things. We have the privilege of serving you here, and we are rewarded by our friendships and relationships. Pastor Amy and I, when we tell you we love you, we really mean we love you. We've got relationships here in this body of believers that are amazing. You all, most of you know I'm from Florida, so I have my entire family essentially in Florida. She has her family in upstate New York. We have the blessing and privilege of our son-in-law and daughter here, right here at this church, but for years we had given up all of that stuff and had to thank God for the people that he brings along that love and care for us the way that you all many of you do praise the lord for you and i want to say this in concluding it's not just an eternal reward you saw that in that word it's not just an eternal reward and so i close with these thoughts today are you are you willing are you willing to serve even though there are costs so I've, I've spoken about and, and we honored our, our servants our, our volunteers we loved on you for over this month now and rightly so and so many of you do it so well maybe you've heard all of this today and you're thinking maybe it's time that I get involved maybe it's time I find some place that I can serve I can be a part of Hey, today, right now is a good time for me to mention, men, there's a men's gathering tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, they'll be down the hall. Find your way. Make some time. Get down there and be a part of it. You'll be blessed to be there. Maybe you can find some place that you can serve and work. Listen to the words that Jesus uttered himself. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Not what I want, but what you want, Lord. How many of you are willing to say whatever you want, Lord? How many of you are are ready to go the next step? Maybe you've not taken those steps. Or maybe you've been serving, but you realize that God's saying you could do more. And I don't want to whitewash the good that you do. I just want to encourage you. To do all that God wants you to do and do it with His might and with His heart. Would you stand? It's entirely possible that we've gotten to this point in the service, and you've heard all of that I've talked about it, being a servant, but being a, a volunteer, but listen, Jesus came down to earth so you could have eternal life he gave up everything so that you could be here and you could know him personally You could have a relationship with him you could be certain that you will spend eternity in heaven and I want to ask you today if you are not sure of your relationship with God you fit into a couple different categories the first being You've never asked Christ to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins. If that's you and you're here this morning and you want to make changes, you want to be sure, then you want to get things right with God because that's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way. He's the only door. I don't care if you've gone to church a million times. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, and that's gender neutral. No one comes to me except through my fa- through me to my Father except through me. Do you want to be sure that heaven is your eternal home and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? We can fix that today. Maybe. You've asked Christ to come into your heart at some point in your life, but you walked away from God. But you want to change that today. You want to return to Him. You want to be sure you want to get it right with God. If you fit in either of those two categories, say, I want to get things right with God. Lift your hand up right where you're at. Say, i got to get things right with God today. Come on, lift your hand up. Word says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. God bless you, sister. God bless you. There's somebody else who would lift their hand, say, i got to get things right. I don't want to have a question mark where I need an exclamation point. I want to be sure. I only see the one sister's hand. Sister, if I could be bold enough to say, if you're willing, come out of that seat, come down to this altar. Let's get it right with God. I want to pray with you today. Come on. All oh, of me, take my one, two, one. life. All oh, me. Come on with her, Nancy. That's good. Praise the Lord. Oh, Praise me. the Lord. Is there anyone else want to join these two ladies? Take my Make it life. sure. Be an absolutely sure place with God. They're not just in church. They're coming into relationship with Jesus personally right now. Alright, sisters, I'm so glad you're here. I want you to pray this prayer with me, alright? But you have to mean it from your heart. I'm helping you just because that's who I am and what we do. I'm helping you, but it has to come from your heart. Otherwise, it's just words. So you mean business with God, I'm telling you, He means business with you. So, Pray this prayer with me, would you please, ladies? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life, you shed your blood so I could have eternal life. And right now in this moment, I commit my life to you and ask you to wash away my sins. Jesus, I thank you that you rose out of the grave proving your power over death and rescuing me from hell. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Stay here for just a moment. You'll wait here just one moment. See that beautiful couple standing right over there? Would you two ladies mind walking over there with them? They're just going to talk with you a little bit and tell you what you do next. Right? You just need to know. It It starts here. It doesn't end here. Walking with Jesus. Would you do that, please? I want you guys to pray with me today we've talked about serving we've talked about being uh, a volunteer and we've honored our volunteers throughout this month but uh, perhaps God's talking to you in your spirit, and your heart today can I just pray with you right now could you all bow your head, close your eyes nobody look around for a moment if perhaps something I've said to you day, today struck you and you thought you know what it's time I start doing something for God and His kingdom. And I'm not going to call you out and have you come forward and all of that. So I'm telling you that up front. But I know if God is talking to you, I want you to acknowledge that. And, and and so would you just lift your hand if God's been talking to you about how you could be involved in serving. Just lift your hand right where you're at. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for these men women raised their hands just now and are interested in going to the next level, want to serve you even higher, greater, better, some of them. I know some of them are already serving you, Lord. They're just looking for greater avenues, and willingness to give up a little more territory. And God, I suspect that you're tapping on a few more hearts and different doors, and asking people to perhaps step into a new arena. Maybe they've been doing some things one way and God, you're speaking to them today to take it to the next level and do something else, do something different. Maybe you want them to pick up a book and study harder, take some classes, get themselves better prepared for ministry. Lord, start talking to your people right now. Start talking to them, Lord. Minister to them. God, those that are serving you, I pray that if there's anyone serving you, Going after you hard in this department, Lord. I pray that you give them strength, extra strength. Holy Spirit, that you speak into their lives and that they receive more from you than they ever imagined, God. That you bless them with courage and strength and they're able to walk with you in a powerful, powerful way. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name, I pray this prayer and believe you, God, to te- help people in every area now. In Jesus' name, amen.